Can I take your hand? Do you understand? You found my heart broken, and you helped me make it whole. I'm starting to feel. I found. Became friends because he was the other Asian teacher at our school back in 2006. We would revel in the short-sightedness of faculty members as they occasionally got us confused, even though we looked nothing alike. Little did we know we were more similar than we realized. As first-generation Asian males who grew up with a mediocre interest in educational experiences, we ironically have grown into passionate pursuers of unorthodox teaching methods. Which would, to traditional schooling, sound like nails on a chalkboard. However, instead of being burdened with social ideals that seem to have polarized autonomous thinking, we are willing to give two minutes to the possibility of not always being right, though humbly admitting how great it certainly feels. I admire Dan not only because of the work he and his computer science team have done in the name of education, but also what he stands for as an individual. It's the kind of shit that is worth not just sitting around for. All right, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? <clears throat> Episode five, right here, with my buddy from Lane Tech, Daniel Law. Hi, everyone, M- Mr. Daniel Law. Yeah, yeah that's right. Gotta, <laughs> gotta get those uh, those qualifiers in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is actually one of my. I'm really excited because we have food. For the first time on a podcast, and、um, a teacher from the school that I teach at Lane、mm. Tech, I told my seventh graders because they're—I don't know what it is—they're probably like avid listeners. So, <laughs> what a great audience to have! <laughs>、um, but they have, and I mean that with love, because they—they they are faithful followers. They. Always comment like, "When's another podcast coming out, Mister Dow?" And so I'm like, "All right, well, another one's coming out this this Sunday."、Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Who's your guest?"、Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Do you guys know Mister Law?" And they're like, "What?" Yeah, some of them do. And so、yeah. they're super excited about this one because、oh, you're. Oh man, you're I gotta be、it. careful what I say now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. Fuck it. No, no right. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 funny that your your core base right now is <laughs> seventh graders, but that's. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Like Logan、right. Paul, like that YouTube guy. I think his、sure. core fans are like eight. Yeah, right. Because they're they're the only people who finds this shit funny. I just want <laughs> them to like it for the right reasons. I mean, I obviously right. right. they'll have a very you know surface understanding of it. Like, oh, my teacher has a podcast, right? But there's also something like you want to listen to your teacher、right. like more. Well, That's strange. They, so、I、there's there's some hopefully appeal. I mean, they、that. grew up 
So I was thinking about this the other day. I, I got into the po- listening to podcast thing late. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, their idea of what media is and how they pull information from the ether is very different from ours. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I think them listening to a bunch of podcasts isn't that weird. It, no. Right? As it's a, weird for me. Yeah. Because it's a new it's a new thing for right. a lot of people, even though it's been around, I think, more than, you know, five years. I mean, it's still relatively new for a lot of people. And I think the fact you're right, like when kids listen to a multitude of podcasts and they find things that are very interesting on the ones that they like, um, that is. That's just like more education for them. That's like school sure, on the weekend. Sure. <laughs> right. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is a form of education, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, but to, you know, for them to apply, if they're applying that much authority mm-hmm. in whatever it is they're listening to, that kind of freaks me out too. It does. Right? Like, it does. I'm just going to pull this random thing off the yeah, internet yeah. and that is a form of information for me. And right. That's scary <laughs> well and i think the thing with podcasts especially like ones that are are kind of like this one where it's free and open in in dialogue you could kind of hash out some of those things right and like work those through and maybe at the end of the day you're like wow i heard i heard from someone's opinion that i've never heard before and yeah. it's yeah. i think i'm going to consider that yeah and, I, I hope uh, that's what happens i hope too i, I hope, hope too, there's man. actual reflection and consideration mm-hmm. yeah because that's not Something that we we were, I think that's what we're lacking. Like we like you right. said, with social media, we have the ability to, you know, cater whatever information comes our way, um, and pick and choose. But uh, I think it's also important to listen to stuff that like is is challenging. I mean, imagine if you surrounded yourself with people saying and agreeing with every single thing that you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no growth. But that, that is what <clears throat> social media is, right? You are. If they're responsibly, bubble, right? right? You're in a bubble. Oh, I mean, your friends, Twitter, like you're in Instagram, you're in a bubble of mm-hmm. your friends. Mm-hmm. And God forbid any of your friends actually. I just saw this on Facebook. An old student of mine was complaining that she got unfriended because mm-hmm. she said something that was not agreeable. Mm. You know, so it's like one of those things where you're in a bubble and. Yeah. Um, you say things to get likes. You don't say things to get dislikes, right? Yeah. You don't say contra- mm-hmm. well. Not everybody says controversial things because that's not you're not that's not the karma you're shooting for, right? Right? You're 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 hoping people agree and you're hoping everybody comments and says, "Hey, that's awesome," or "You're right," you know. Mm-hmm. And when you say things that are not so agreeable, I think that's um, I think it's a very in- that's I don't think everyone does that. You know, no one does that as much as they used to. Not as much as they used to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that especially, and that's, that's the thing with, with schooling too, ironically, is that, um, you know, the way that things have been, it's difficult to, to truly say what you want to say. Oh yeah. You know, and, and when you do, you get, see, one of the things that really, um, I, that give, that put a big smile on my face was when you posted something oh, about man. the national anthem thing. I knew it. And I, I, knew I, coming. Yes, it right. was. All right, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just jump right in. Right. All right. For those of us who don't know, um, Dan Lau posted something on Facebook and he, he, he commented on the fact that 
students were sitting down during the national anthem mm-hmm. and and questioned whether or not that that was really a valid form of protest. Right. And I was reading, obviously, your your posts and the comments that were made, right. which is what we'll probably talk about now. Right. But I was just like, yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Because I also agree. Yeah. And I have my reasons as well, but right. I would love to hear right. yours reiterated for those of sure, us especially sure. who haven't seen the, um, the post. So, man, was this a month ago or something like that? This requires, by the way, some sizzling seasick <laughs> in my belly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. About a month ago, I don't know how long ago, I noticed for the first time, so I don't have a first period, but my, my little desk kind of sits above another classroom. And I noticed for the first time that this first period with another teacher that not everybody was standing, you know, and I've been at Lane Tech for, I think, 15 years now. And, you know, that's always been the thing. Students stand during the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not the most patriot, patriotic guy, and I'm definitely not the most respectful guy. You know, I say and do a lot of really contrarian things. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. So when I noticed the kids sitting, the first time I noticed, I was just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I didn't think it was neat. I didn't think it was good or bad. I just thought it was interesting. And then I think the next day or a couple days later, I noticed again. And this time I noticed that they're not just sitting, but some of them are browsing the web. Sure. And some of them are doing other things. And then it struck me that like, huh, is this protest or is it just a bunch of kids being lazy, mm-hmm. right? And and I posted something to that effect on Facebook, and that's when it started. That's when the firestorm yeah. started in comments. Yep. yep. And then, you know, I was I thought I thought it was interesting too because obviously there was a couple of students who were old students who were super offended. And okay. And there were a couple of students that were like, "Yes, you know, I don't know if that's protesting either." And um, yeah, I mean, since then I've given the thing a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Would, yeah. Since then, have you like what kind of thought? What are some things that you were wrestling with as so, you were processing it? I mean, I liked a lot of the comments from my old students. A lot of them were saying things like, "Maybe this is the only way they know how to protest," and that's a valid point, right? That's a good. That's it, that got my 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 brain jogging, and then some of them were saying that. Um, what else was what's another good point that you know these students um you know what? i can't even think of another good point i think that was the one that stood out to me the most for my old students like maybe just they just these current students just didn't know another way to do it right right and that got me thinking but it there's still i would still i'm still 80 percent on the side of these kids aren't really protesting and then it became such a big deal so I try to, I try to make sure that I'm reflective. Right? I try mm-hmm. to make sure that um, I think about the things that I do or think, do say or think in my classroom. So I try to be as reflective as possible. So once this firestorm erupted, I'm like, you know what? I could be wrong, and I'm always willing to accept that. So I'm going to ask my students. Right? There's no better way to do it but to simply ask the source. Right? So I asked. I think it was like two days later. I asked, I took five to eight minutes and I told all of my students what was happening on Facebook mm-hmm. because my current students are, can't see my Facebook mm-hmm. or at least, at least that's what I think. 
Um, <laughs> oh, they right, can right. See it. So, <laughs> so I brought it up with all of my classes, and yeah. I just asked them. I like this is what I said, and this is what people have been commenting. What do you think? And you know, what is your reaction? I told them, you know, I am perfectly willing to accept that I could be wrong about this, right? So this is very far off topic for computer science. And a lot of the kids, um, the good, the, the thing I was glad about was a lot of them spoke up, and it didn't seem like they felt they, they were going to be judged because a lot of them did say, "I am one of those protesters. I am one of those kids who want to not stand up for the national anthem right now." A lot of them had their own reasons. A lot of them were prote- protesting what Trump is doing. A lot of them were saying that they didn't believe in the systemic violence against. They thought there was systemic violence against African Americans. So a lot of kids were were doing it for different reasons. And it was good to hear their reasons. And it was it really interesting to hear their thoughts about what I witnessed as well. And some of them were like, they should be allowed to protest in any form they want to. And then some of them were like, no, this is, I think it's disrespectful the way they're protesting. Because when I sit down, I do so quietly. I don't browse the internet. I don't take out my phone. You know, it is, you know, I am tr- I'm trying to protest and be respectful at the same time. And then... Uh, somewhere along the line, one of the kids had brought up, the older kids brought up, being disrespectful can be a protest, you know, and I don't, mm. you know, that's, again, all valid points, right? And it's not my position to judge their opinion. So I just kind of let them have their word. And then at the end of it, you know, I just said, you know, this is as a nearly 40 year old man, this is my point of view. And I'm really glad that you gave me your point of view mm-hmm. i think what was really interesting was my freshman i only have one freshman class this year and that's one that's the class i have my seventh graders in oh okay right oh, that's so, right yeah right yeah <clears throat> so i have one freshman class my exploring computer science class and that was a class i was most interested in listening to yeah because that computer science course we do have lots of opportunities to talk about ethics and there's a lot mm-hmm. of opportunity to talk about um um, you know, not just behavior online, but behavior uh, offline and the, uh, the ethics of technology. Like, so one of the units is titled human-computer interaction. And in that unit, all we do is talk about how society and technology interact. So there, mm-hmm. we get to talk about a lot of interesting things in there. And one of the most interesting things that have always struck me about freshmen, and I've taught this class for years and years and years. So um, I've and it, one of the lessons is about, you know, at the, the gist of the lesson is privacy. Mm-hmm. And the idea, so I'll give you an example. You know, if local law enforcement uses your Netflix history mm-hmm. as part of their accusation against you, like, oh, this kid watches a lot of horror movies, thus they must be capable of this crime, mm-hmm. right? Is that okay right then then the kids create presentations around it and each group gets their own scenario so it's a really cool presentation series to listen to and what's always struck me about it from year to year to year what's always struck me about it the kids most of the student groups always say if you have nothing to hide then you shouldn't be worried about it yeah so but then that's what how awesome is that right so you get to like listen to their reasoning for it but then when I turn the table and say, well, is it okay to look at your history? They're like, no, 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 that's not okay. Like, <laughs> no, we're not talking, 
there's there, I don't want you looking at mine. Right. I'm just saying if you right. Yeah. So there's right. So they're still not there's they're still creating that separation. So that was the class I wanted to hear the opinion yeah. about. Like, what do they think about these protests, right? Uh-huh. Because they're always been kind of like they're still in the mode where like authority matters. Like sure. the older kids are like, no, authority is terrible, and we're gonna rebel. But the freshmen are no authority is good for society and uh-huh. authority matters. So I wanted to hear what their thoughts on it were. And I was, I guess I was happy to hear that they were very supportive of the protests. And not only that, a couple of them as freshmen mm-hmm. were sitting down during protest, mm-hmm. during the national anthem as protest. So I was very happy. I was very happy is not the right word, but I was very um enthused and positive i was feeling very positive after hearing that there's a quite a few of them that did believe students should be allowed to protest in any manner and so that was good to hear and i it was it was pretty cool too later on a few days later one of them came to me said i decided to up my protest game oh and he um he knelt he kneeled down yeah Peter Kaepernick. To, right. right. He yeah. kneeled down instead of sitting because I had brought that up. Right. I was like, sure. you know, it's like, like if you sit, nobody. So he's like, you know, I decided to make sure more. I decided to like make it more obvious. And he kneeled yeah. down and then he was really sad about it because he said nobody noticed. Nobody. That's nobody, right. That was the post I was. Right. Yeah. Nobody paid attention to it. And he was kind of saddened by it. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, good for you, man. You know, way to way to up way to way to like listen, take it in. And make a change. Yes. Right? And, and yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, that was what came out of it. And, you know, I still don't think, like, the kids that I'm seeing in that particular classroom, so I'm not talking about, I can only comment on what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. The ones that I am personally witnessing. Man, I, I still don't think they're really protesting. One of them, yep. I just noticed, <laughs> it was really funny. It was just like last week. One of them was eating, mm-hmm. not like eating like a granola bar. This kid had a full on meal in front of them. Yeah. Now keep in mind, this is a computer lab, right? So that's not that in itself is not even okay. <laughs> and they got busted by the teacher that's in there. Yeah. And when I saw this, I like I'm like half amused because I was like, should I post about this? Because man, this is if I post about this again, it's like half trolling, right? Because I'm not, I just want to like poke some bears at this point if, if I'm posting about it again. And, you know, so I want to, oh, I, I never, I didn't post about that. One of the APs like busted me in the hallway. Oh yeah. yeah They're like, you need to stop creating controversy online. I just laughed. I'm like, eh, you know, that's, you know, that's just the way it is. It's, it's, it's the way it is because people have, I think, the ability or should have the ability to have their opinions out there mm-hmm. and commented on. And it happens. Right. It happens because it needs to happen. Right. That's how we learn. But for me, like looking at that was really refreshing because it's like, wow, this is great. And even though it was talked about during your computer science class, I think in the classroom is the best place to talk about these right. things, right. you know, to dissect it and be like, okay, well, what did we, you know, what do we learn from here and where are we going from that? And that's, that's like a beautiful sentiment for me. I, when you, when people comment on things like that, immediately the problem is, is that we go to two extremes, right? We go to this person is so right wing and they want, you know, you to be nationalists and to stand and Mm -hmm. America is great. 
And then the other hand is, you know, they should do whatever they want. Protesting is a form of shaping your voice. And I understand that, too. But that's the problem is that we do go to two extremes and there is no no middle understanding of it. Right. The way that I see it, though, is like, how long is the national anthem? Like two. I have no idea. uh, I've actually asked that question on a. On my quarterfinal yeah. before, as a joke, <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't know the answer to it. <laughs> you should just have national anthem themes running through every part of your units, and <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the idea though is, for me, the I think this generation, and I sound like I'm, I'm coming down from my old yeah. high horse here, but it's like I think kids need to dedicate just two minutes of their time to something. To something, man. Just dedicate two minutes right. of your time right. to something. Right. To an idea, to a to to a passion. Yeah. We are moving so fast and we're so inundated with information that like we don't stop. And it's not just kids, right? right, right? right. It's adults. It's it's anyone who's moving at the speed of light at this point. Right. We're being accelerated by technology. And I think it's so important to just fucking stop. Sure. Just stop. Yeah. And dedicate something right. to two minutes. You know, and that's the way I see it right. in a way, um, because I think that's an interesting way of looking not just at that situation, but like just life in general, right. because we won't have two minutes. We'll have right. a minute and a half. Right. We're going to have a minute one day, 50, 30 seconds. Like, you know, like we things are moving so fast that that, that two minutes, right. that two minute window is is decreasing. Yeah. You I know? mean, I, no, I hear what you're no, <laughs> I totally understand. I agree. I mean. Life is different, right? And as and it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better, right? <laughs> well, but that's the way it is, right? Mm-hmm. It, the way we digest information is is almost a quality, right? It's can this person yeah. digest information at an incredible speed, mm-hmm. right? And if they can't, that's looked at. That's looked down upon mm-hmm. as a negative, right? So there is this immense pressure on younger students to be able to digest more information oh, yeah. from more places, mm-hmm. right? Um, and just to like take a step back. So funny thing, you brought up the whole idea of two extremes, right? Before this firestorm, it's not even a firestorm. It's not like nobody got fired or... Right. Right? So it yeah. was like a, before this minor controversy on my per- Facebook page <laughs> erupted, I was probably, and this is going to be funny to say, I was probably one of those people who were very extreme. You've probably seen the things I've posted, like against right wingers, and sure, you know, I, you know, I've posted a lot of things and called people out and said, you know, I've used, I've thrown the word Nazi around mm-hmm. probably a lot more easily than I should be throwing it around. Mm-hmm. So the one thing, so like I said, I try to be reflective. I do try. And the one thing that was very amusing about this whole thing to me is this old student, or I'm not going to say their name, this old student who was obviously very liberal. This person's comments about me as a teacher mm-hmm. and about me and the way I, the way, the, you know, what they thought about my posts has actually made me more sympathetic to right-wing opinions. Mm. Because for the first time, I was on the other end of a liberal rant. Mm -hmm. Right? I was on the other end of a liberal rant, and it actually made me stop and think, like, 
that's me. This, them ranting at me is the same way I've ranted mm. against other people. Mm. And it made me realize that I did not give them a chance mm. to tell me to voice their entire, to give me the entire context, right? right? Just like this person didn't really take the moment to think about the whole thing. And, and the thing is, I don't fault them for it. I understand it, right? It's a knee-jerk reaction. I, I understand wanting, not only wanting to be right, but wanting to think that your rightness is good. Uh-huh. Right? That's a great point. Right? That's a great point. So I get that because I feel the same way. So that's the part that has been the most ironic thing is mm -hmm. a liberal rant has made me more sympathetic about right-wing opinion. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of like held back on certain recent topics, not because I'm scared to voice my opinion, but because I'm taking a moment now yeah, yeah. to think yeah, and go, you know what? There is two sides, and there's always two sides, and there's probably more than two sides most of the time, mm -hmm. right? So it's made me sad that I don't have more inflammatory things to post about. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is a part of me that enjoys yeah, poking dude. the bear. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it's made me at least more appreciative about the things people think about, right? Yeah. I know. That's that's beautiful, man. That's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah, it's it's also sad. It's all, I, I, yeah. liked, I like, but the thing is, right? You like being right. Everyone likes being oh, sure. right. And yeah. now that that a part of that has been chipped away from mm -hmm. me, it's like, oh man, <laughs> my my soapbox isn't nearly as big as it used to be. Oh, you know, and it it, it saddens me. <laughs> well, it's hard because you know we've been teachers for how long? Have you been at Lane? I've been at Lane. This is my fifteenth year, and that's long. Sure. How long I've been a teacher? Yeah, I've me always too. been at Lane. Me too. I've been there for twelve years, and this is my first. You know, I'm, I've, that's the the only school I know. Mm -hmm. I student taught there, got a job, fortunately, and was there. And it's like, as a teacher, you are always on your soapbox. You have to be right because if you're not, you're like you're dinged points. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> right, you're dinged right, points right. if you're not if you're not right. So, so it's it's like, how do you? For for years of being on that soapbox, like how do you how do you get off it, or how do you think about you know do you even have time to think about your soapbox mm -hmm. and like how much information can you really digest in those twelve years if you're trying to move through certain units and certain right. curriculum, right. you know, really quickly. So it's like, my goodness, it it took for me at least what thirty years, right, to to reach a point where I'm at right now where it's like, you know what, I'm really, I really like my perspective on things right now. Right. Like, I like the idea of hearing a multitude of opinions before I make my own because for years, like you said, that's how I was. Right. I had my right. mind made up right. and I was ready to judge. Here we go. Right. You know, and, and I think, but I think judgment's important too. Judgment is important. That's important too. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny that you bring that, because I am... I feel the same way. I am in a point in my life where I not only feel good about my teaching. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I'm at the top of my game. And I'm also not... At the top of my game doesn't mean I'm also the best. I just feel like I am the best 
relative to who I was before. Sure, sure. And I also feel very good about my current stances on the world, mm-hmm. right? So here's the thing, right? I, I don't. I think you're we're relatively similar in age. You're younger. I know you're younger, but I don't know. Thirty four. You're. 30, I'm thirty nine. Okay. Right, turning forty, which is horrifying. Dude, that's an Asian power, man. You don't right. look forty at thank, all, bro. Thank God. Thank God. So, <laughs> miles. Um, I don't know. He's okay. The dog is 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 going nuts because we're eating super yeah. high fat. He's food. like, what is all right. that? <laughs> um, so. That's gotta be an age thing. It right? sure so, is. Right. So I tell my students this, my AP students this a lot, because AP computer science is a scary, scary fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I tell them all the time that every single one of you right now is smarter than me than when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm a, I was a damn I was a fucking idiot in high school. I, I look oh, back yeah. at my high school self and I don't think I would be able to stand who I was. Oh as an no. Adult. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Right? So I tell that I tell my students the only thing I have on top of them is age. And age gives wisdom, right? That's that's undeniable. Age hopefully is undeniable. <laughs> but age gives wisdom. And I've thought about this before, right? That the the way we educate society right now is a series of never ending classrooms. Because I Cole Cole just started preschool. So I've been thinking mm-hmm. about this a lot. That he has taken the first step of what will seem like to him a never-ending series of classrooms. And then it'll stop. Mm -hmm. And society will say, you have done it. You have achieved all knowledge there is to achieve. And we are going to have this giant ceremony. And you are going to wear special clothing. (laughs) And we are going to give you this certificate that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. and we are going to call you, we're going to give you a title. You are now a Bachelor of Science or Bachelor of Arts. Mm-hmm. right? So for these people stepping out of higher education, they must think, without a doubt in the world, that they know shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say right now, as a 39-year-old, I finally figured out that I don't know shit. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, so my I, God. Right? Yes. So I am. But then it's so funny because so you can't. I can't. Right. You've when 20 some year olds have a very strong opinion, it's because they're taught to have a very strong mm-hmm. opinion. And it takes another decade or a couple of decades for them to finally go, damn it fuck, I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Right? So we are finally, I feel like we are finally at the point, and God, we sound so arrogant right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got a podcast, so we can. Right, right. <laughs> where we finally are at the point where we go, yeah, we we don't really know all that much. Yeah. And which is so funny because I wonder what 50-year-olds think, and I wonder what 60-year-old mm-hmm. thinks. I wonder what 80-year-old thinks. 80-year-old, like octogenarians, they must look, yeah. they must look at us and think, they're children. Yeah. Right? This 40-year-old is a child, right? Yeah. And they don't... So it's funny how time does that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, they're, they're always like... They, they say the same things, though. They're like, you don't know shit. Right. It's like, well, you're right. I don't. And I think at the end of the day, no one really does. But I think right. when you're willing to admit and right. accept that, that's the moment when you start right. actually knowing shit. Accepting and that's, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, and that's the thing. Another thing about being a teacher is 
you have everyone's attention, you're supposed to know all your shit. Right. And that's impossible because that's no actually, one knows everything. That's actually one of our evaluation criteria, right? Yeah. Having expert knowledge. Exactly. Expert right. knowledge. Well, the the idea of mastery too, yeah. you know, in, in the language of the rubrics for a lot of these students, that's that's kind of a uh, that's a high bar there. <laughs> it's mastery. Right. Right. Dude, I do jujitsu and there are like people who amaze me, but yet they claim that they've never mastered it before. Right. I know I know of <clears throat> teachers who are decades older than me, mm-hmm. many decades older than me, who I respect as computer science teachers and respect as just teachers. And I know my CS content is better. But I also know that they would teach circles around me. Yeah. Right? So there's a difference. Like, I know CS, but I also know I've got decades to go before I'm them, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And, you know, and you had brought, when you were talking earlier and talking about how you are at a good place in your life, and I I was thinking, and in my head, I was also thinking, I was like, that time for me was about five years ago. Yeah. When I figured out that how I was teaching CS was wrong. Mm, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and so like all my old students from years and years ago and a lot of them always say oh thank you so much you know you know it's ma- it made my cs life easier later and i can't help thinking i screwed it up man you could have been way better <laughs> i could have yeah, given you a way better experience <laughs> you know it's my bad you Oopsies. know <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah we we're like um Albion Small, he was he was the the uh, so head of the I think the sociology department in um, University of Chicago when John Dewey started, and he said that teachers are the architects of society. Right. We are building society via these these students, and that's scary as fuck. <laughs> and I totally society could have been way better if I knew what I was doing twelve years ago, like right off the bat. But that's the problem, right? Because these first year teachers. Are they go go under such scrutiny because yeah. they had do what like four right. four reach evaluations in the yeah. first three years, yeah. and I'm I've been there for twelve years and I still feel like I'm working on my craft, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. I am getting better at it, but it's like it it does take time to to, <laughs> to work on that stuff. Like that's why comedians really hit their prime when mm-hmm. they're what 20, 25 years into oh, yeah. their career, you know, oh, yeah. and it's like. I wish I wish that I knew that. I'm mm-hmm. like I wish someone's gonna be like, look, you're gonna have to stick around for a long time to get mm-hmm. this thing down, you know. And yep. I still feel like I don't, yep. but that's okay, right? Because I like I like not having a grasp on things because right. it means that I could always change right. it, right? You know. Yeah, that's the thing though. Right <clears> now, <throat> it's so I like that's a gr- interesting thing you bring up about bring up about our evaluations because I do I do a I'm also a coach for our. So within CPS is a program called Computer Science for All. Mm-hmm. And I'm a exploring computer science coach for them. So what that means is uh, I travel to other schools and help out other new CS teachers teach that particular curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I was at a school, a high school, and I was observing this person. And the whole goal of, it's funny because the whole goal, the, the whole model of the coaching relationship is inquiry-based. Mm-hmm. So I'm not there to give suggestions. I'm there to be a reflective soundboard, mm-hmm. and I'm there to ask questions, and I'm there to 
try to help them to reflect more because you know what's a teacher you know besides a person who reflects well a good teacher reflects well mm-hmm. so i'm watching his first year teacher teach he's first year right and he's also a pe teacher he's not a computer science teacher by training and this person if he listens to the podcast probably can identify himself now um and i was struck by how much he wanted to do the right thing right and in my mind i was going i would hire this guy i would hire this guy even though he has no background in cs simply because i know that in eight years he'll be good as fuck right Mm -hmm. so and but then also at the same time if he was going to a reach evaluation he would get dinged left and right Mm -hmm. you know he would get all sorts of negative marks but not because and only because he's not experienced enough right Mm -hmm. it's it's brutal Mm -hmm. you know this this guy who's doing everything right as a first year teacher as right as he could possibly be Mm -hmm. right as a first year teacher with no experience in teaching a content that he doesn't know he is as going to be as good as he is and the fact that he invited me into his classroom to help him be better, that's crazy, mm-hmm. right? That's like, like I said, like it's, that scores all sorts of marks for me, right? I mean, to like, and if his, his evaluator or his principal or assistant principal were to come in and give him a basic because he missed out on all, the, all sorts of things, that kills me. It hurts. Right, that just kills me. It hurts. And the sad thing about it is that it's all like trickle down stuff because that's what we, and when I say we, I mean like public schooling, that's what we do to our students. Right, right. You know, it's like there, you have these freshmen who are like walking for the first time, so to speak, you know, on the curriculum. And it's like, well, you know, you should be masters by this by the end of the semester. Mm -hmm. And you're like, "Um, I'm still starting to get kids just talking Mm -hmm. like for the first time, you know, and it's... I can't, it, it takes a long time. Like I'm learning jazz piano and for years, when I was six years old, I was so upset at my mom because she enrolled me. She's like, do you want to take piano? I'm like, no. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Absolutely not. I have Sega Genesis right now. Why right, would I right, need right. piano? Right, And so she, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she made me and, and I hated every moment of it because everything from beginning to learn a piece to performing it at the recital, I hated it. Right. I hated it. Yeah. And for a long time, I didn't really understand what music was other than performing for relatives who didn't care that you were playing. Right. And then so finally, like, you know, fast forward 20 years later and I'm like, I want to try jazz piano because I've always wanted to see what I could do. Right. And I've never appreciated music like I do now because right. the teacher is like, take your time, focus on you know what you want to do. Work. He works with my potential and abilities. Right. right. There's no time limit. I'm not slapped a grade. Right. Like he's like, I want you to to enjoy this, and I'm going to make sure that you know it's it's kind of catered to what you you like. Yeah. If he were to put a time limit on me learning, I would right. I'd crack, and I'd right. be like, I'm a C student compared to all your other students. Right. Fuck this, I'm out. Enjoyment, man, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, we... Um, <clears throat> so that's how we... So our freshman class is interesting because in exploring computer science, the or, the original untainted curriculum, right, untainted by administrators or districts, has no quizzes, has no exams. Mm. There's no final exam. There's no quarter exam. There's no 
there's no real giant summative assessment, right? And because it's about teaching kids to be curious about computer science. Mm -hmm. It's about teaching them to be passionate about learning more. You don't gain passion by studying for a giant test, right? You don't gain passion by studying to complete a giant project that somebody else has picked for you. Sure. Right? It's that's not how passion is cultivated. That's not how passion grows. So um, the reason why like the reason why I brought that curriculum to Lane Tech and, and if if you look at our computer science teachers right now, all t- there's 10 of us. Seven of us are facilitators for PDs for that curriculum because we believe in the core tenets of that curriculum, that it is we are trying to create a generation of students who are passionate about learning more about CS mm-hmm. with 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 that clear idea that the vast majority of our kids will not become computer scientists, that they're going to become poets and they're going to become musicians, they're going to become artists, they're going to become accountants. Not everybody has to become a computer scientist. Mm -hmm. But for us, our idea is we should all at least understand enough of it so that we can be curious about it, right? You can't... Right, so for us, for our department, we, we really feel like that course really does allow freshmen to grow and to um, learn to be okay to speak up in a classroom, right? Like you were saying, uh, you know, one of my freshmen just is just starting to speak. And I just noticed that one of my freshmen just is starting to feel okay about laughing out loud in class. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's what I want to see. That's that's what all classrooms should be about, right? Classrooms should be about creating a culture where kids can go, it's okay for me to laugh and be loud mm-hmm. and to, you know, to explore an idea unfettered. Oh, right? yes, yes, absolutely. Right, because that's, you know what the funny thing is? It's because how, that's how we learn. That's how you learn jazz. Oh, yeah. That's how, when, you know, when I'm at home and I go, you know what? I want to create a hallway pass mm-hmm. generator, <laughs> right? So, but that's, we learn about something when we feel passionate about it, not because there's something that we're going to be assessed on, yeah. you know, and it sucks that that's the way our society is set up now. That's how education is set up now. Right. Yeah. Right. What's the formative assessment? What's the summative assessment? And you know, ugh, this, it, it breaks my heart sometimes. And I, I think there could be things that are done a little bit more effectively. Like as far as, I mean, it's actually a good point too, is the whole summative aspect of it. It's like, nothing's really summative. Right. Right. They're, they're more turning points than anything else. Like mm-hmm. you reach this, benchmark and now you just continue on like it's right. a, it's just an endless right. journey right um right that is, it is an endless journey yeah. yeah but i like what you said too about this you know being having a, a classroom culture where you can express your ideas or ask questions mm-hmm. and not be judged by it yes. and and yes. freshmen especially are terrified oh, yeah. of asking questions oh, yeah. they don't want to ask for clarification, mm-hmm. right? And those are the more important ones, mm-hmm. if anything. Right. Have you noticed? So I taught seventh grade, mm. pure like all seventh grade classes before, just like you. Have you noticed the difference between seventh oh, and ninth yeah. grade? I don't know what happens. I don't know what turns them off. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a switch. Like in, where I remember my seventh grade classes, it was uncontrolled questioning. Oh yeah. Like everyone, not everyone, like 
most of them most of them raise their hands. Most of them have opinions. Now, granted, they are a selected group, but our ninth graders are also a selected group. But a ninth grade class in that first week of school is stone silent. Mm-hmm. The first week of school for seventh graders was it's chaos. It's crazy town. They're yeah. just everywhere. Everyone has ideas. Everyone's talking. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad, man. Yeah. It, it I wonder though if if it's because those seventh graders have that particular background, right? That they've been exposed to a certain type of education that does have a certain amount of inquiry involved there. Hey Mari. This is Dan. Yeah. You you met Dan. We got I got you some uh century eggs. Thank you. And they're on counter. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Please have some of our heart attack food. <laughs> <laughs> My people's heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. So the idea that I think maybe, you know, these kids just are, are I'm not saying seventh graders are smarter. I think they're just, they're not scared. And for whatever reason that might be, maybe it's because they were, they had a, an environment where questions were cultivated and encouraged. But you're right. There's like some switch that goes off with these freshmen that, you know, even though they're part of one of the top competing high schools in Chicago, they are terrified of being wrong. Oh, yeah. They're terrified, terrified of being wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And it's taking me a, an entire semester to break through with just more than half of them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just to get over yep. that idea. Like, it's okay if you have no idea what's going on right exactly. now. It's okay to say I don't know. Yeah. And I ask that almost at every at the end of every lesson. I'm like, raise your hand if you have no idea what's going on. And they're like, yeah, right here, Mr. Udo. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. I'm like... Mm-hmm. That's fine. Right. We'll we'll spend another day or two or right. three on this, you know. And that's that's hard to do when you have uh, an agenda to reach. Yeah. At the end yeah. of whatever curriculum you've comprised, right? Right. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, so like, so we say this a lot at Lane Tech in our department. And you know, it's funny. I just it just occurs to me that this is probably true for every department at Lane. So at Lane, one of our models is. You can't learn about failure, mm-hmm. right? In computer science, when it comes to making things, whether it be a digital or physical thing, it is all about iteration, right? It is all about trying something, and you're going to F it up the first time. You're going to try it again, and you're going to F it up. And you're going to try it 10 times more, maybe on the 11th time you get it right, right? So it's about failing over and over and over again. And then in that process, learning and reflecting. And in that process, at some point, achieving what might be right. Mm-hmm. And it just occurred to me that that should be every subject. Oh, yes. Right? It sh- but it the should. thing is, so I, don't, I, I would be very curious. Like, this should be a school-wide discussion is how do you allow your kids to fail without it impacting their grade? So that's a big thing for me in the last couple of years. How do I let my AP kids fail and not it not have it kill their grade right so i've had some mechanisms set up over the years but that's a big thing right how do you tell a student that you know possibly for their first time ever that it you can complete the, try to complete this assignment and if you get a 50% on it it's not going to be a big deal right because if when it comes to problem solving if you can solve every problem that's presented in front of you, then you're not learning, right? The whole point of problem solving is that you're going to be presented with something that you don't know how to solve, right? So how do you give them the space to like mm-hmm. feel like, all right, 
right? Today's Thursday, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and I'm probably going to F up 80% of what I do today, and I'm still going to get, <laughs> but that's okay, because I'm not going to get an F that day. Yeah. But that's not how things are set exactly. up, right? Yeah. Things are set up where, like, if you get it wrong, it's a negative one, mm-hmm. or you don't get points, mm-hmm. even if it's a positive, right, positive rubric. All that means is you don't get points. That's still bad. <laughs> right? So, oh, yeah, positive versus negative rubrics. That's the same thing. Yeah. This is a different name. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? It's not positive. I, right. I, I, right. It's still a rubric. So it's, it's, it just sucks that it sucks that you, in school, like, you don't get a chance to just stretch and go, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to... You know, I'm going to try to make this new idea. You know, I'm going to be wrong the first hundred times. And if I'm wrong the first hundred times and I'm right on 101, I still get an A in the class. Like, mm-hmm. is that possible, right? Yeah. And it, but that should be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and I don't have an answer. I'm just uh-huh. saying, right? That's just, it saddens me that this current state. And I, I've done certain things in my classroom to try to offset that. Um, whether or not that's successful, you know, that's, I'm going to let history judge that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's up until our discussion, I've always only thought about it in CS terms. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, here's the answer is, and get ready, folks, because <laughs> not many people are going to like this. You get rid of grades entirely. And mm-hmm. d- does that mean you get rid of, like, measurement of how someone like knows a mm-hmm. skill or not? No, absolutely not. For example, I'll give my students a, 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 an assignment for thesis statements. I'll write their thesis statement. <clears throat> if I were to slap a C on it because it was a mediocre thesis statement and walk away and be like, well, you got a C on it. You have to do X, Y, and Z. That doesn't really benefit them because they're so attached to that C or that mm-hmm. 51% or whatever mm-hmm. it may be mm-hmm. that they lose sight of what they're doing in the first place. Right, right. But if I were to be like, look, just you improve on these two things in your thesis statement and we'll keep working at it. Right. Will they have learned how to better write the thesis statement yes so the the i think the problem is that we've synonymized right we've made grades and learning synonymous yes and that is not always true if anything it's right it's not true at all really right right. and that's that's a problem that's a problem um and i know there are there are people teachers and parents who are like up in arms with that idea that no grades oh my god there's no structure no you could provide right. structure you right. could provide structure right. to any activity or project right. based learning i mean i would challenge those adults <clears throat> to say how do you learn yeah how do you learn in your everyday life do you mm-hmm. only seek knowledge because somebody's going to give you an a mm-hmm. or do you seek knowledge because you want it right right and once you gain it how do you judge that you've gained it. Mm-hmm. It's not because somebody's writing an A in your forehead. Right. Right? How we learn outside of school is not the same way as how we learn inside the school. Mm. Right? And we graduate from college at 21, 22. We are still learning for the next 60, 70 years of our lives. So why is how we learn in the first 20 years of our life completely different from how we learn for the rest of our lives. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. I went, I mean, look, I went to St. Margaret Mary. I went to Loyola Academy. I went to DePaul University. Mm-hmm. My parents worked their asses off to get mm-hmm. me to great school. It's a lot school. of private school, man. It's a lot of private school. <laughs> it's a lot of Catholic private school, right. you know? And so 
I mean, that's quality education on mm -hmm. paper, right? Mm -hmm. But I felt like I didn't learn shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the moment that I stepped into the classroom and my student teaching, I was like, oh boy, like this is going to be, this is something new and different. Like, how do you respond to someone who hates you because she's been, you know, abused by men all her life? Right. Like, how does right. she listen to you? How right. do you right. work right. that out? You know, it's like, um, I'm looking through my DePaul textbooks. I'm like, uh, I don't know anything. And it's not that they didn't provide enough content. I just, I wasn't connected with it. Mm -hmm. And I never met anyone who, who helped me connect with it. You know, and I feel like the things that I'm learning now, like jujitsu, like jazz piano, I feel like someone's connecting the material to me in a way that right. I've never before. And that's that's a wonderful thing because it's inciting my ability to learn more things, sure. to learn from other people, to learn from different people's you know experiences. Like right. I'm captivated by those ideas now because now I have a thirst for learning, and it's unfortunate that in a lot of schools we've kind of diminished that that genuine curiosity. You know, it's like we've dulled it down. Right. It's like how do you incite curiosity anymore? Right. Right. You know, and that's I think that's one of the things that'll that we need to look more in. And I think your program is such a fantastic thing because it does things like, it does yeah, inside curiosity, yeah. man. And we it's try. like, um, it, it's so inspiring to see teachers, a group of teachers move towards that idea. And I think it, it shouldn't be limited to, to CS. It should be right, right. an idea that's permeated throughout all subjects. Mm -hmm. Let's let's combine classes. Let's work together because there are brilliant people in that fucking yeah, building, so, man. man that's, we've talked so much. Like Jeff Sola and I have <clears> talked <throat> so much about the silo effect of, of high school where you've got English in its own column. You've got uh, chemistry in its own column. You've got computer science in its own column. And if you actually wanted to do a cross-curricular project, just pretty much impossible, right? There's just no way to reach across the aisle, right, so to speak, to, to have a true cross-curricular thing. Like, so I'll give you an example. Um, so me and Marjorie, at one point, we're just, because we're, her room is not far from me, and you know, we've got a whole Asian thing going on. And yeah. So at some point, we started talking about getting a couple of computer science kids and a couple of art kids and let's just throw money at them and tell them to make something. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. So it was me, it's me Marjorie, Amy and Jeff after school, we have a new thing right now and it's a uh, two for, I think there's five students, five or six students involved uh, It's half art students, half computer science students. And we got them, we handpicked them and then we had, we met after school and we told them, you know what? You know, you guys are passionate about what you're learning in your art classes. You're passionate about what you're learning in your CS classes. Let's do something. Yeah. Let's let's make something and use what you know. And I told them, I'm, you know, Miss Custodio's department chair. I'm the department chair. We're just gonna give you money. Yeah. You know, what do yeah. you, what do you want to make? We'll just throw we'll just throw money at it and uh, let's make something. Yeah. And they have come up with the coolest idea, right? Yeah. So I don't want to spoil it, but. You know, it's the, uh, uh, you know, I was spoiled. I'm like, I can't, it's so awesome. They want to create a tunnel in the hallway where it's these floating, reflective, multicolor reflective butterflies. And as you walk under it, it reacts to your presence. Oh my God. That, if that is not art in its pure, like, 
yeah. art and technology combined oh, to yeah. create something that is insane, right? Why is that not in a classroom? Yeah. Why do we have to do it? Why do we have to get kids to volunteer their time and get adults to volunteer their time outside of a classroom? Yeah. Right? Can you imagine if like English and art, if there's an English and art class or oh English and God. music class? Yes. Right? right? Why, why is it not possible? <clears throat> why is it so hard that we have to take four teachers who's willing to devote time outside of their usual day, find kids who are willing to devote time outside of their usual day, and then find extra money mm-hmm. for it. It's weird. Yeah. Right? Because the moment, at no point at at no point in this process did the kids say no. The mm-hmm. moment we mentioned it, they were all aboard. So they wanted to. Innately, mm-hmm. they wanted to stretch their content knowledge. Oh, yeah. And innately, they wanted to work with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? We didn't have to stress teamwork. They just naturally understood. Mm-hmm that teamwork will be involved. Yeah. It's, and watching them do this, I'm like, man, it kills me that this is in class. Yeah, it's that intrinsic motivation. You know, like I was talking to my kids about that, like what's the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic? And a big part of of learning is that intrinsic motivation. But I think, you know, for for years, we've been hampered with extrinsic motivation, Mm -hmm. that we can't meet this, this, timeline, uh, or I'm sorry, this benchmark if we're at a certain age group. Right. Or the fact that we even have you know, distinct benchmarks for specific ages, yeah. is, that's an age-old thing. Right, right. right. Um, but at the same time, like, I think what you're speaking to is something that is, is, is something that a lot of schools have been doing, but it's, it needs to be supported and encouraged in the the public school system entirely across America, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, mm-hmm. you know, like why can't we have a psychology and English course? Because my God, mm-hmm. how much literature ties in with psychology is right. unbelievable. Right. And the moment that I'm able to, to introduce these kids to philosophy and psychology in my own classroom, that's the moment that they're like, wait, what mm-hmm. did you just say? Mm-hmm. And their ears are drawn to the things that, you know, I'm, I'm saying that that's inciting intrinsic motivation because right, they're right, generally right. curious. Um, and I think that would be that would be great if if we just had more opportunities to to cross do cross disciplinary work, you know, and and to yeah. have opportunities to to actually like implement them. That'd be fantastic, you know. And we can in a way, but it takes it. There's a lot of problems. Oh, I don't. Even, I don't <laughs> even know so where you would begin. Hard. Like like let's say you and I wanted to do something. We would need to have <clears throat> shared students, right? Yes. Or some sort of schedule where like, it's the logistical hurdles that yeah. are mind-numbingly complex. It is. It's it would be something that would have to be planned at least in a year advance before students register. And even if we get that all of that on board, then how do we overcome who teaches what, right? There's yeah. that whole, oh, mm-hmm. you're credited, you're English endorsed. That means you can't teach CS. Right. Oh, I'm CS endorsed. It means I don't know English. Exactly. Right? And so like, even, and then how does that hurdle then become, get overcome, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, man. It's yeah. In a, in, a, in a, I mean, Jeff and I talk about this all the time. Like how, like, cause it's, it's our dream to have these mega, 
projects or a curriculum that mm. really does truly intertwine multiple things. And we've gotten to the point where we just decided to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like our media computation classes, we teach programming in a musical context. So the kids have like a, it looks like a, a, like a sound engineering, like they see music, they, they can create tracks of individual notes and music i'm not a music person like notes mm. and musical pieces or whatever yeah and they use a programming language to combine music so think edm right like it's just it's you know if you have a particular note you want to repeat it a certain number of times instead of writing it on a piece of paper and playing with an instrument they write a couple of lines of code to replicate it so we've decided to combine in that course we combine music and cs ourselves Right, because it was just too hard mm-hmm. to reach across the aisle yeah. and figure out a way to combine real music theory. Because so that, that's what our course lacks. It lacks real music theory because none of us know anything about music theory. Yeah. So we we do our best with it, and the kids are creating musical pieces with code, and mm-hmm. they, it's awesome. They sound awesome, and yeah. you know, we have a at the end of the year we have a contest where the kids have a DJ mix-off where they compete head-to-head with their electronic Oh my producer. god, that's amazing! Right, right. So Amy Wozniak teaches that class, and the kids love it, Yeah, right? Because they're experiencing computer science in a way that they understand sure. music. And sure. the kids who take it that are musically inclined, this must be the best thing ever, right? Uh-huh. But we had to do it ourselves. Yeah. Right? There was no, there's no opportunity to do it with people who teach music. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how much better that course would be if there was real music theory involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, my God. Like, yeah. at that point, what would that class look like? I know. Right? Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it sucks that, that it has to be essentially we had to essentially produce it ourselves. Right. And I know that I think I spoke about this before, but I mean, you know, compared to other schools, at least lean gives you that opportunity as Mm -hmm. like, it does. I mean, the fact that I have some pedagogical, a lot of pedagogical freedom compared to other schools is a fantastic thing. Absolutely. And there's no way do I really complain about that, but, but I'm speaking to kind of a larger picture right, right, in that right. imagine if all schools did that. Exactly. Imagine schools exactly. you know, in terrible neighborhoods, yes. in terrible situations, yes. had the autonomy right. to do something fantastic right. like that and given right. the resources to right. do that. Right. Um, so that's one thing. But it's also kind of like there's like two problems. You have the logistical nightmare, right, which, mm-hmm. is, which is obviously very, very difficult. But then you also have like the – the buy-in from teachers, like the pedagogical mm-hmm. nightmare, because yeah. it really comes down to that. Right. Because there are teachers who are like, nope, this is how I've been doing it for years. There's no freaking way yeah. that I'm going to work in this place. I've experienced that. Where you just throw yeah. everything away, yep. you know? And so it, it does require some like pedagogical reflection and to, to step back and be like, okay, well, maybe I do need to change things. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's like, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. So it's certainly not easy and it's a com- it's it's a nightmare as far as the the complexity of it, but that still shouldn't stop us right from doing it. Right? No, <clears throat> it shouldn't. You got to try. You got to try. Man. You got to try. It's, it's it's this brings back a story for me. Um, so I I teach I facilitate these professional development workshops for our freshman course like all over the country, 
And one of the cities I flew into to do a week-long PD for. And I'm sitting there, and there was the to say there was some pushback is not. It was it was an extreme level of pushback. Mm-hmm. And at one point, one of the CS teachers there um, came up to me, and you know, it, we were in a city that had an established computer science program. And this person came up to me. And they wanted to show me a video of their classroom where they were doing some robotics project. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a offhanded way to show me that I don't need you here. We do awesome stuff here. You know, let's let's just cut to the chase. This is state mandated PD that is pointless. So they pull up their laptop, show me this video, and I watch it. At the end of it, they're really proud of it, and I didn't I didn't poo poo it or anything. And mm-hmm. I thought this is pretty cool. I wa- when I watch it, the one thing I want to say is that do you not notice that how you're in t- do you not notice that your entire classroom is white boys? Mm-hmm. That there is not a single person of color and that there are no girls? Like, it, like it's completely lost on them that their idea, that this person, that their idea of a, a successful computer science program cuts off entire segments of our society. Mm-hmm. And this, there was a room full of teachers that were just like, as you were describing, they're just like, nope, we've done it this way. Mm-hmm. And it is successful according to how we gauge success, mm-hmm. right? And that was it. And I, when I left there at the end of the week, I felt like some people started to have a little bit more buy-in into our, the ideals that we were trying to push. But, man, it was brutal. It yeah. was brutal to try to convince other teachers that the way that they've been teaching CS is not so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yo, can you actually speak a little bit about the program that you're doing, because I think that needs to be said and heard because, uh, you know, n- people need to hear it, man. It's, so, you're doing fantastic things at Tech, <laughs> man. Well, our freshman course, um, the whole freshman course ties around, and I did not write it, by the way. This is comes out of Gail Chapman um, from California, Joanna Good from Oregon. They, um, the entire curriculum was written by those two professors, um, and it's based around this book by Jay Margolis called um, Stuck in the Shallow End. And the book was a, uh, a res- was research done on computer science education in um, schools across different segments of society. You know, you got the rich white neighborhoods, you got the poor black neighborhoods, and everything in between. And it's called Stuck in the Shallow, and the gist of it is uh, in schools of color, even if it was... Well, in, in schools with students of color, even if the school was well off, like middle class, the students of color were still finding themselves either not passionate about CS or not pursuing CS at all because of a lot of different factors. You know, you got, the, you got teachers who didn't believe in them and mm-hmm. you got all sorts of issues. But so it's called stuck in the shallow end because there are entire groups of our, our society who are stuck in the shallow end of the pool because if you, the, the pool analogy comes from, um, um, I forgot what decade it was, but you know, when African Americans were not allowed in public swimming mm-hmm. pools, right? Mm. And they they and the result of that was we didn't have African American swimmers, we didn't have African American competitive swimmers, right? Um, when you watch the Olympics for yeah. swimming, there's a whole lot of whiteness going on, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, right, so it comes from that analogy, right? So stuck in the shallow end and uh, um, Joanna Good and mm. Gail Chapman created this entire curriculum based around the idea that we need to fix this equity issue, mm-hmm. right? Computers, because we, and 
they are the reason why I am the teacher I am today. Right? That's fantastic. So the entire curriculum is based around three ideas, equity, inquiry, and then finally CS content, right? And the idea is that computer science, at least from our point of view, because we're computer scientists and computer science educators, we see it as a tool of empowerment, right? If you are well-versed in technology, you have more opportunities, right? So we want to create a curriculum where every student will succeed, right? We, we're not, and in, in to, to, to ensure equity, there's all of these things, all these teaching practices that we are trying to um, follow and trying to get other teachers to, to have buy-in mm-hmm. for, right? So um, at Lane Tech, like I mentioned earlier, seven of our teachers are now facilitators and seven of us travel around the country mm. um, giving PDs and trying to help other teachers understand what it is the curriculum is about, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of t- most of the time there is buy-in and they understand that how important it is to have equity, um, how important it is to create a classroom where inquiry is valued and how mm-hmm. important it, and finally, right, it's CS content is still important, right? It's, it, you have those two things in place. Are they actually learning CS or are they learning something else, mm-hmm. right? So the entire curriculum is based around those ideas. So it's from, from the get-go, from day one, it is about, our classroom is about discussion. It is about sure. talking. It is about presentations. Um, there are weeks where we don't turn on the computer because it's not mm-hmm. what we're about. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you don't have, you don't need a computer to learn about a lot of the topics in CS. You don't need a computer to learn about internet security. Yeah. You don't need a computer to talk about ethics. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's, it, the interesting thing is I think it's surprising for students, right? And if you don't do it right, they, they hate it. Like, oh, when are we going to do something? When are we, right? So part of it is you, you've got to, You've got to make sure that their expectation, the expectations are real from the very beginning, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the hardest part of exploring computer science, even for myself, is how do I get these kids, or some of them with very solid computer science backgrounds, to buy into the idea that we're going to talk about ethics, we're going to talk about privacy mm-hmm. for the next two weeks, right? We're going to talk about the idea of data representation for the next two weeks. And mm. we're not going to need a computer. Yeah. All, all we need is some paper and yeah. some big posters and some markers. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, this entire freshman course five or six years ago changed the way I taught. And for a lot of the teach, computer science teachers at Lane Tech, um, it influences all of our courses. I mean, like, oh, my God. I've had countless conversations with our teachers who are out just like oh man how do i present this like what do you think this sounds like mm-hmm. and somebody would say just ecs it meaning you know means make sure inqu- equity is there mm-hmm. make sure inquiry is there yeah you know and if those two things are there the content's going to take care of itself yep exactly you know so you know like in the last two years i've really tried to make sure my advanced placement cs classes like that you know i i tell my you know we have we have a lot of these days where the kids are like we're creating another poster. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. We're going to create a poster, man. You can draw some pictures. <laughs> yeah. right? let's, let's get those markers out, you know? Yeah. Draw me a picture. No yeah. words. Yeah. You know, I'd kill to draw a picture right. again. Yeah. Right. Draw me, a, <laughs> draw me a visual, you know? And it's, and this, uh, that's what I was saying earlier, man. Uh, man, my, my AP kids 10 years ago had such 
a different experience from what my AP kids have now. Yeah. You know, and, and the number, and you know what the funny thing is? And the numbers speak for themselves. I, my pass rate has never been higher. Yeah. Because, because those things matter. Sure. Making sure everybody in the classroom feels like their voice is heard, even as such an abstract concept Mm -hmm. as Java programming. Right. Right. But just making sure that they're comfortable and mm-hmm. knowing that their opinion about a topic matters and that we're going to we're not going to learn about code by by writing code all day we're going to learn about code by drawing images and drawing pictures and looking at visualizations and, yeah yeah that's perfect yeah. man that's so, perfect and it's in the context of 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 their lives right yeah, of their their exactly. social lives right. it, how does this operate how do we take these abstract concepts that they they have know nothing about, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And how do we make it relevant? Like that's the core exactly. of what we do as exactly. as not necessarily teachers, right. even as guides, right, right. you know. Right. And and inquiries is kind of the best way to do that is being like I said, curious too. And that's beautiful, man. That it, it just it's not just limited to CS. It's like it's affecting how you are as an individual, really, right? right. right? And how it's affecting your ability. You know, asking yourself how you learn, and man, my God, that's that's so valuable. That's so valuable. Mm-hmm. So have you? So here's something. <clears throat> our current administration, with Brian Tennyson. As our Here we go. <laughs> so, have you had a chance to have a long discussion with him no. about pedagogy? No, I'd so, like to. So, though, this is. You know, with new principals, new administration, you're always a little worried, right? You're a little worried about their, what, whether or not they're going to accept what you do. As always. I have been pleasantly surprised at how supportive he is of the exact type of classroom that we're talking about. Because he he's been my direct observer the last two years. Oh, that's right. Okay. And he is, he is a teacher mm-hmm. at his core. So that's he good. does understand that classrooms should be about you know this idea about you know this, i hate to use these type of words but student centered learning like that we should be creating an environment where kids feel okay with speaking up mm-hmm. and this, and 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 posing their own questions mm-hmm. and answering it in a way that is probably wrong mm-hmm. but that's okay mm-hmm. right so he um, the couple times he's had to observe me, it's he's observed me running those type of discussions, and yeah. um, he has been extremely supportive about that. And at first, I was very worried about having my principal observe me, but mm-hmm. now it's there's there's a certain amount of work because he's the principal. You want to make sure your paperwork's in order, but I actually look forward to the post observation discussion. Oh, that's because great because. He does understand what I'm trying to do. Because I, I, I can't even imagine a nightmare it would be if I had a principal who did not understand. Oh, yeah, oh my man. gosh, that <laughs> would be, it would be bad. Because you know what? I wouldn't back down because mm-hmm. I, I see this as the best way to teach. And that's, that happens probably more, more so than oh, we yeah. think. Absolutely. And that's scary, man, right. to, to be in a school where it's like, nope. Mm-hmm. If you think that you're going to do it this way, mm-hmm. you're dead wrong. And that's yep. scary, man. Um, but no, I haven't necessarily had any 
any long interactions with him as far as as my teaching goes. And you know, I understand that too. There's a big ass school. Right, right, right. It is. Um, I haven't been called down in the office yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so about this podcast <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing about. Good Lord, what is this about? Um, but I will say, like, there. that's awesome. That's good. That's good that he's going around and uh, supporting that. Yeah, I think it's... Um, that's good, man. I think, I think <laughs> in a long... T- he's at least good for me. Because <laughs> that's all I know so far. He's good for me because he does. He has gotten me thinking more about certain things, and yeah, um, and just to kind of put this out there about him, I hope he doesn't mind. Um, <laughs> He's got no choice. When he was he was he was a teacher at Whitney Young. Yeah. I was a student there. Oh, okay. so there was overlap. But oh, I never okay. had him as a teacher. But I have had friends who had him as a teacher, and I, and I've told him this. They have said that he is the best teacher they've ever had. No kidding. So he does have the chops. Okay. Right. So okay. he is principal right now, and he did have a stint as like a network person and stuff, right? So that's in a lot of teachers' minds that it's a negative thing. But I have my, my friends who have had him as a teacher, as an AP teacher, um, uh, quite a few of them consider him to be the best teacher. That's good. Had. So he is a teacher. That's right? good. So, um, yeah, I would encourage any teacher at Lane to have some kind of discussion with him at some point about their particular content field. Well, yeah. And you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, he I was in the cafeteria and I was reading this book called uh, Shadow Play by Claire Asquith. Mm-hmm. This was uh, recommended by a, a fellow English teacher and it's a fantastic book. Like I've never taught Romeo and Juliet the same way okay. after reading this book. And uh, I was reading it and Tennyson comes over and he's like, hey, what you reading? I'm like, oh, you know, it's just this book talks about the conflict between Protestants and Catholics during the Reformation, and you know, it it it's an interplay with uh, Shakespeare and him being a kind of a an activist because he's usually coding words, whatever. And he's he's like, can I go to your class and just listen to you one day? And I was so much of a pussy that I never followed through with that mm. offer. And, but the fact that he's like, can I? Like, that sounds mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Can I come in and, and see what you're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's cool. That's good. That's good. It's not like, oh, thanks. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to know what you're, mm-hmm. I want to learn about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that might even be a great way to incite further curiosity, not just in our students, but our teachers too. Like, right. I would love to just sit in a class and be a student in your class. Oh, yeah. Vice or, versa, man. You know, like, I just, hear a lot about you from other students. Yeah. Oh, dude. Like, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, how there's so many brilliant uh, people in this class who are teaching wonderful things. I literally just want to sit down and learn. Right. It's not about observation. Right. It's not about critiquing how you're teaching. Right. I'm curious oh, man, a bunch as to of what you're doing. I will, like Brian Reed. How does that yeah. guy get like 99% of his kids <laughs> to pass the AP exam? How does he freaking do it? Yeah. His kids love him. Yeah. And this is AP chemistry. This is like horrifying. To me, right? oh this yeah, is in, at the college, this is a, in college. That's a weed out class. How does <laughs> he turn a weed out class into something? Yeah, the virtually every one of his students pass. Like, mm-hmm. How does he do it? Like, I would love to see that happen because I'm sure I'm going to learn something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's just at Lane, oh, man. So I was just we were just talking about something. Sometimes I feel like Lane has so many good teachers that we're like a mini teacher's college. Yeah. 
And there's so many of us that are so that are good at what they do, but within the building, we have nothing built in mm-hmm. that allows this to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I like? Look, why can't I take a day where I shadow two teachers all day? Yeah. Right. And then, but that's not enough. There should be then the following day or the, the two days later, there should be a debriefing mm-hmm. where I can ask questions. And it's like, why did you do this yeah. at this time? You know, why did you do that? What do you, and then for, and then for you to say, you know, and tell me your thoughts about how the class went. Yeah. And, right. There's, Cause just observing is not enough. Right. You got to debrief the exactly. observation. You got to, you got to talk about what happened because I'll notice things about your course that you didn't, that classroom that you didn't notice, but you're going to know, your inner dialogue is important to me mm-hmm. because I want to know the thought process behind the choices. Yeah. Right. So there has to be a, it's, it's easy to say, yeah, yeah, just, just, just take a day to, to observe. No, 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 that's not enough. Yeah. There has to be observation. There's gotta be debriefing. There's gotta be discussion, right? There's yeah. gotta be re- real reflection and discussion bef- between the teachers yeah. or it's, pointless or right. you know it, so it's i wish that hi aps i wish that <laughs> i wish that was a thing like there should be a thing yeah right and it, it should be voluntarily voluntary of course uh, um but it between teachers who 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 want to do that i feel like that should be a thing fuck it let's do it man yeah okay this is the plan right <laughs> what do you have seriously i right, want right. to i just and it's not even i mean that is a big component like digesting what you what you saw right but i also just want to be in there like as a student, mm-hmm. I want to see through the eyes of a student. Right. Like what's going on? Oh, you want to take part in a lesson too, right? Yeah. 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 So, name, figure out whatever okay. day yeah, you want. This. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have second off. Oh, you're gonna be, you're gonna come join the freshman class. Second? No, uh, no, uh, second. I have six. Please tell me you have six off. No, I don't. Damn. I have, I have two, four, and seven. Okay, so two, four. That leaves only my AP class, oh, which is man. fine. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I got the savvies though too. But I feel like the freshman course is the one that you would get the most out of. What periods do you have them? Six, just six. I only got one this year. Just six? Okay. I'm sure I could figure out something. Right. I'm sure I could figure out something. Um, Okay. Okay. All right. I'll figure out something and then we'll, I'll sit in your class as a student. Absolutely. I mean, think about it that way, right? Like you have. Mr. Law teaching computer science, but then you have another teacher in it. Yeah. You know, I'm as excited. a student. I'm excited, dude. And like, imagine like the heightened yeah. level of just in engagement yeah. that goes on there. <laughs> right. People are like, whoa, like, what is going on here? Like, so, I, you know. I, I suddenly everybody's raising their hands. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. Participation has increased 200% today. Yeah, I would know? love to check out your classes too, man. Oh, uh, my classes are lame, man. It's. <laughs> I would love to sit down. So I've. So I tell something I tell my kids all the time is communication, your ability to communicate is the, of the utmost priority mm-hmm. as a professional. Right? It doesn't matter if you're because com- I have a lot of kids who are not going to be computer scientists, right? That's a fact. Yeah. So I always try to tell them like no matter what how you feel about computer science, these are the things that you should get out of this course, right? And one of them is the ability to communicate abstract ideas, yeah. right? And the Part of the ability to communicate is understanding how to create 
mm-hmm. proper sentences, right? So I'm I'm not a great English person. So here's a funny story for you. When I when I went to so I went to Winnie Young, right? Supposedly a pretty good school. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I went to I went I went to UIC, right? I went to UIC. Uh, because of money, I had to pay for my own college. I went to UIC. Not because, you know, I went to UIC. <laughs> and I had to take a placement test. Yeah. So, you know, I took a bunch of placement. I tested out of like intro calc. I tested out of a whole bunch of class, science classes, but English. I did so poorly on my English placement exam that they placed me in English 060. <laughs> it was, it was oh English for people... It was English for folks where English was a second language. (laughs) And English is not my second language. So I was like, wow, I I really messed up that placement exam. (laughs) So I had to go talk to my advisor and say, "Um, English is my my first language. uh," And they looked at it. It's like, well, your ACT score is really high, so it places you into this course. Thank you. <laughs> so English is not my strong suit, right? So yeah. yeah, so I would I always tell my kids, like you you know, you're you gotta learn how to communicate. So I would love to sit in on an English course. Like, Cause yeah. I have no concept of how English is taught now. Yeah. Right? I I took English like twenty years ago. Like what does a modern course in English even look like? I have no clue. Yeah. No clue. It's that's the thing. I don't either. I don't <laughs> like. I'll do what I know. Right. I have not sat in on any other teacher ever since I observed the first time at Lane Tech. Like I observed, and that was the only time. I've never voluntarily right, went right, to right. another. So, right. I mean, you'll have probably like the general discussion about literature, but it's like sometimes you'll get in a mode where. Students are captivated. So, like, one of the biggest questions on Reach, for those of us who aren't familiar with it, it's how do you know if your students learned? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a big one. How do you know if they've learned the material? Because right, right, right. they're fucking looking at me, <laughs> and they're not on their phones, and they're not falling asleep. Right. They are glued right. to my know? eyes. Right. And they, as if they've never heard anything like this before. Mm-hmm. That's how I know they're learning. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like, nothing matters at this moment right now. Mm-hmm more than what I'm talking. You know, like I'm saying these wonderful things mm-hmm. and they're glued to me. That's when I know they're learning. And I try to, the more that I've, the fact that I was able to learn more has made me a better teacher. The fact that I was more, that I've been more intellectually curious than I've ever been in my life has made me a better teacher. Yes. So the moment that I became a better learner made me a better teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Because now I'm learning, I'm reading books by Joseph Campbell. I'm reading mm-hmm. books by Jordan Peterson. I'm reading books by John Dewey. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I want, I buy books on Amazon and I don't finish them. Yeah. I'm, I'm so thirsty for, right. for learning. And right. I share these things with my student, not because it enriches the material, right. but j- also because I'm, I want to share with them. Like, look what I found. Right. This right. is so right. cool. Right. And they find it cool too. Yeah. And I finally found something that speaks to who I am and what I'm interested in, and they they feed off that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They feed off that authenticity. And I Absolutely. think if there's anything that I've learned in my 12 years of teaching at Lane Tech is that that is the most important thing. Yeah. And without it, it's it's very difficult to to engage a classroom. 
Oh no, I hear I hear <clears throat> exactly what you're saying. Like so I mean obviously the CS department went through a renaissance about five years ago, right? Yeah. And it went and we hired I recruited six hundred kids, you know, ding it was Dignams and he wanted a big CS department, which was great. So just like you were saying, that first crop of new hires, it was like Jeff Soul and Dave Hayes, Jimmy yeah. Roscoe. And I remember thinking to myself, what the fuck did I do? These guys are awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, I, sur- I had to up my game. Oh, yeah. Right? I had to up my game because these people were fantastic. And since then, I feel like we've hired, we've hired, stolen away some of the best computer science teachers in the city. And I have very purposefully surrounded myself with people who are better than me in some way or form. Like, I mean, Amy gives herself a lot of shit. Amy Wozniak, mm-hmm. because, um, you know, she always thinks that she doesn't know something. But my <laughs> God, the things that she can get her kids to do, I am stunned mm-hmm. every week how she can inspire her kids to do the things that they do, right? I'm just, I I feel like I'm around some of the best computer science teachers in the country. Mm-hmm. And it forces me to, to, to be better than who I am usually, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? When I'm at home. So yeah, I totally, <laughs> I totally feel you, man. Like, Cause this, they force me to learn yep. new things. They force me to learn to refine my pedagogy. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever talked to Amy at length, you'll know that she calls you out on your shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and we got Valerie now teaching the incubator class, and Valerie is fucking no nonsense, man. If she knows shit's going down and you're not doing your thing, you'll hear about it. That's and I good. love her. I love her to death because she makes me better. I love all of my teachers because they make me better. Mm-hmm. Um, and our our new teachers this year with uh, Tenzin and Ray, who are both Lane alum, by the way. Okay. Lane alums, why you were a teacher. Ray Vergara and Tenzin Langchung. No kidding. Yeah. They graduated like in 2009 or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're both back and they're just killing it. They're doing stuff. And I have to remind myself that they're first year teachers. Right. No, not Tenzin. Tenzin came from another school. Like Ray is a first year teacher and... I'm like, man, he's doing this. You know, he's helping to run our autonomous vehicle team, our first one. Ever. Okay. And he's doing this year one. What the hell's he doing new year 15? Like, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm just like, I can't wait. Like, I can't wait to see what happens in 10 years or 20 years, like for our, our little department. And it's it's big compared to other CS department, but it's little in our school, right? No, so yeah. I just can't wait. Yeah, you guys are are growing, and you guys are strong, man. And like you said, a lot of it are, are the people. Like there are amazing and brilliant people in our building, mm-hmm. and imagine it's like imagine what we could do with our powers, you know? know? But the, yeah, there's no way to like like, 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 like why is there <laughs> why isn't there some way? To combine our powers. Like, why did it take me and Marjorie having an mm-hmm. after-school discussion to create an after-school initiative that to do a joint project, right? So it's, it kills me that that's the way it is. Because a lot of people are scared. 
A lot, and, and, and I know that's a very, that's a big overgeneralization. And I'm not calling any particular people out. Right, right. But fear is a big part of it. I mean, and that, that goes with our own personal decision making. It's like we are scared to jump into the unknown and not know what's going to happen and take those chances. That's, yeah. that's a difficult thing for human beings to even right. conceptualize and, and execute. Right. So to have an entire school like that, I mean, I don't know. There's, dude. I've been reading. I'm not reading, but okay. Confession to to people. I don't. I've never read a single Harry Potter book. Wow. In my life, but one Why? of my colleagues was so generous enough to to share the audiobooks just because I was never curious. I didn't <laughs> care about reading when right, I was right, in right. school. I just cared about girls. That's it. But there is a line in uh, in the first book where he says. This has got to be better than what it already currently is right now. Oh, like I don't know what's going to happen, but it's got to be better than what I currently have. Right, right. right. You know, and yeah. everything yeah. that we've been talking about this whole podcast sounds better <laughs> than right. what it currently right. is. Right, and we can only get there if we take those those scary steps. Yeah, which is uh, starting up our own private academy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> charter schools. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> the Academy of Awesome. <laughs> right. Inaugural year. <laughs> there are play- Man, I saw this documentary, and I apologize, Mark Smith of this. He's a current parent. Mm. He told I me. Know him. Dude, he. he no. I watched this documentary. He invited me to it. I forgot the name. I'll post it up on, on Instagram. But it's in San Diego. The school is called uh, High Tech High. Oh, yep. Dude, I've seen that. Nope. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything is project based learning. There's one mega play project in area. And parents and friends come and see the work that you've done, mm-hmm. and you explain everything that you've learned, and they see the product. They see mm-hmm. you, yep. you know, and they see the guidance that the teachers gave them along the way, mm-hmm. and they learn everything, mm-hmm. everything. Life skills tied in with content, and it's yeah. like. That school comes up a that's lot beautiful. in our department. That's a beautiful... High tech high. You know? Imagine if that, that's the way that it was for everyone. That's a beautiful concept. <coughs> How are you doing in time? Are we okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I have no idea what... A normal podcast is. This is my first think, one. Let's see how long we've been going. You're de-virginizing me. We're doing... <laughs> it's an hour and 31. So far? Yeah, right? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like it was longer? Or no, shorter? I thought it was shorter. Shorter, right? It goes yeah. by quickly. It goes by fast. Um, Dude, I could talk to you for hours, man. It's nice having more... and. It's not insecurity. It's just it's comfort. Maybe having another Asian male in the building. Oh, nice! <laughs> right. Yeah. There's there's a, a new Asian uh, teacher. He teaches biology. Which and, one? Uh, one of the Kims. Yeah, one of the <laughs> one of the Kims. Literally one of the Kims. <laughs> right. I'm not being racist. Right. His last name is Kim. No, it's okay. We can do it because we're yeah. Asian. <laughs> but we're on the four. He's on the fourth floor, and okay. I'm on the fourth floor. And it's nice having like, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I around. Let's, yeah. let's joke around about yeah. you know strict parents and uh, do. <laughs> Have people mixed you guys up yet? You know what? Surprisingly, no. I think people yeah. you they mix you and me up more yes. than they do me and yeah, Mr. So, Kim. Yeah, I lost <laughs> I lost all this weight because I was tired of being the fat cow. <laughs> <laughs> you look good, man. I'm I telling like, you. God damn, I you can't be the good. fat twin. <laughs> what have you been doing? Nothing. Oh no, not nothing. Um 
it started in March of last year. I just started to at first I st- started to watch what I ate. Yeah. And that did nothing for my weight. Like I lost no weight. Oh no, no. It was the other way around. Fuck. No, I was exercising more. So I started yeah. running and I lost no weight. And I was like, God damn it, I gotta start watching what I eat. Yeah. So I then I started watching what I eat and then the weight started to come off pretty fast Mm -hmm. because I ate a lot. Isn't it amazing how for most of your life it's like diet and exercise, diet and exercise. Like, can I just like do a diet that doesn't require exercise? Yeah, I know. Or is there any easy exercises? Can I just put like something on my stomach that gets, you know, me abs? Yeah. And it's like, no, it's diet and exercise. (laughs) You can't get around it. And the only, it's not like a special Mm -hmm. diet. So I did paleo a few years ago and my wife and I even did whole 30 ones. Um, yeah, 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 and but now it's just so. I the only thing I care about is calories. Like yeah. I'm at the point right now. Like you know what? It's just science. I will just simply eat less calories than I output, mm-hmm. and that's it. So, but I output a lot more now. I run well with, with kids now. I have I wake up at five to go run. Okay. So I run. I training for the um, what the fuck was it called? The uh, hot chocolate last November. 15 or 5? The 15. Yeah. 15K. Helped me to lose a lot of weight. And okay. then I have another... So I signed up for the Soldier Field 10 mile mm. in May because it's on my birthday. Okay. Yeah. So it's 10 miles on my 40th birthday. Yeah, hopefully I don't have a heart attack. Yeah. Because that shit will wind <laughs> up on the news. This old guy <laughs> has a heart attack on his 40th birthday because his dumb ass decides to run 10 miles. <laughs> That's DNA, DNA info stuff. It was still around. <laughs> thank, thank you, Rickus family. What's the what yeah. they call it? Was that rich family? Yeah. I, well, when Ricketts? I went out, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I was like, wait, what, there's no DNA info anymore. But dude, like, that's so true. It's you become you actually. It it it's all combined, right? Like when you work out more, you tend to eat better. Yeah, and I eat and a you, lot more now. Yeah, yeah, yeah but and I eat better. You're right. Yep, you eat better. Except for today. Except for today, <laughs> heart attack food, heart attack buffet. But it's like you become more conscious, at least, with yeah. what you're putting in your mouth. Absolutely. And you're more conscious of how you feel when you eat shitty stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. I, there be times, hey, where I come home late, yeah. I'm wrecked, and I go to Wendy's yep. because around this area, there's 24 hour right. Wendy's. No, yeah, I hear. And you. I'll eat that, and I'm yeah. like. This is going to be painful in the morning. Yeah, my, sure my enough. Wife, my wife yeah. got me a deep fryer for Christmas. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem, man. You'll deep fry anything right. at that point. Yeah. So, yeah and, and you'd be surprised that anything can be deep fried. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's turn that phrase. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy how much that simple diet and exercise. It's like, oh, yeah. I should have just listened to you from day one. Yeah, so so you've lost. You mean you look really good, and do thank you. And man. you have the last couple of years, you've really like boom. I'm healthy, Yadao. Kind so, of, yeah. So, do you ever think about like when will this end? Yeah. When, when does healthy Yadao end, and I become the Yadao I was? As long as I can. As long as I can. Have you ever wondered? Just that's, 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 yeah. I have. I thought about it's like this is a lot of fucking work. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I accepted that this is a lot of work, it kind of, it gives you more, it gives you more steam. Yeah. Right. Because you're, if you, if you're like, okay, there's got to be an efficient way to do this. That's, that's bullshit. There's no, there's no efficient way. But we, 
as a human being, really, yeah, the less work, the better, right? Oh, absolutely, right? Because yeah. yeah, that's just that's just like a evolutionary standpoint thing, right? Yeah. You don't want to expend calories if you don't have to, right? Yeah. So you just you wish, right? There's a there's like a biological part of you that wants it to be less work, right? Yeah. And you got to keep fighting right? against and that. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. <laughs> you man. got yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like you need, and I think it's more psychological than anything else because you need to feel shitty. You need to feel like your legs are burning mm-hmm. and that you can't breathe anymore. You need to right. feel that. Right. Like, and I think yep. jujitsu definitely helped me out in that sense because yep. it's like the worst, one of the scariest moments physically that I've ever experienced is when a 300 dude, 300 pound dude was yeah. on top of me. Yeah, not a 300 like, year old dude. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. It smelled great, by the right. way. And I was dying. I'm like, this yeah. is this is how I'm going to die. Right. I'm going to die right. during a jujitsu class. Right. But I'm like, you know what? Just do whatever you need to do and get out. And I did. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I survived that. That's yeah. not that bad. Right. And I think we need to experience more of those moments where this fucking hurts. Yeah. But Absolutely. I'm going to be a better person right. coming out of it. Right. I just want to look good. That's it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, hey, studies have shown that you increase uh, classroom management right. with your looks, right. <laughs> with your attractiveness. Right. I don't know. I do it because I know how crappy I feel if I don't do yeah. it. That's what it is. Yeah. I feel like I feel sad. If I don't do some type of workout or get active, right. I feel I get angrier, I get irritated. Oh, man. And if that affects my teaching, right. well, then it's worth yeah, working I, out. You know what? I, gotta, I wonder. I've never thought about that. Oh, no, it's, 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 it's huge. Yeah. The more that you're conscious of that, it motivates you so yeah. much more. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Now I'm going to feel guilty all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Monica. Yeah. Guilt is the way to go. Right. Just self-loathing. That's your Catholic upbringing. <laughs> It sure is. <laughs> yeah. If you don't eat right, God is going to punish you. Like, damn, I should eat more. I should eat better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good that you have a, a Filipino wife. <laughs> because when I was growing up, it was it was so for me at least, I was so obsessed with the idea of assimilating into American culture. Are, were I wa- your parents from the U- were they born in the they, U.S.? No, no, they they immigrated. Okay. So I'm first okay. generation. All right. Are you first generation? I am. And yeah. Elaine immigrated here. So okay. She, yeah, she didn't grow up here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the immigrant story is such a fascinating thing because it's like as as first generation, you're caught between what you want versus like what you should have. Right. So right. that's opened my eyes. And it, it hasn't been until recent where I like really appreciated and that sounds mm-hmm. stupid, but it's no, like, no, it no, took no. me a while sense. for yeah. for me to be like, God, they must have had it worse than, than oh, I yeah, do. Absolutely. That sucks. Right. Like they work their asses off and yep. they're still doing it yep. too. They're yep. old as fuck. Yeah. And like, they're still working hard. Yeah. My parents worked their asses off. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, like you, I, I totally did not appreciate it when I was young. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, Grow, like, uh, you know, my parents were, my mom was from Taiwan, my dad was from China, they didn't speak English. And then somehow they managed to still open their own restaurant, you know, like in the they did. So, yeah, it was, it's in, it was like on 71st and Stony Island. What's it called? It was called China Inn. Okay. Yeah, and I grew up in that restaurant from fourth grade on. You know, my brother and I worked there every day. No and, kidding. Yeah, we what did, did you do? So at the beginning, it was we would just take orders like out front, and we would stand on a chair to take orders. 
Um, and then as time went on, we started doing more kitchen work. And uh, my brother, I don't know if he loved it, but he at least was better at it. And he really remained in the Chinese restaurant business. He like worked at a couple of restaurants in Chinatown. And eventually now he does like IT stuff. But um, he was much more into the idea of working in Chinese food industry and his Cantonese is so much better for it. I rebelled against it. I was like, sure. This is no way I want to do this. I hated it. And the moment I could, I stopped working there and I started working at Jewel as a bag boy, you know, yeah. uh, or a service clerk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's Mr. Service Clerk. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's you know, yeah, like you said, man, it's, sh- it's, it's shocking what they were able to achieve and it's shocking how much less <laughs> I've yeah. been able to do considering that I was born here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's weird. What's a dichotomy? Is that the right word? Right? It's, it's mm-hmm. just, um, yeah, I, I don't know that I, I still don't know that I a hundred percent fully appreciate it. Mm. You know, I don't know that I do because part of me still resents yeah, dude. having to grow up in that rush. I remember because we were young, right? So we had to go to school. So I remember the, the restaurant would close at 1 a.m. So we would, my brother and I would sleep on this little futon in the back while the restaurant was still open. Mm-hmm. And then we would go, I don't know, I don't even know what time they made us go to sleep. And then when the restaurant closed, we they woke us up and we had to drive home. Oh my God. And my brother and I still had to take a bath or a shower and then go to sleep at whatever time it was and then wake up for school the next day, right? So there's a part of me that still strongly resents that. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I know that my work ethic comes from that. Mm -hmm. Like my my ability to just do a ton of work and not Mm -hmm. complain about it. Yeah. Um, And that, that stems from that. Yeah. Whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. No, no, for sure. So, yeah, because my dad, I mean, my dad, he was a printer, or he yeah. is a printer. He has his own business. Oh. Yeah. Like, he Oh, paper printing? Like paper, print, yeah. Oh. Invitations, weddings, you oh, name it. wow. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, to right, express right. I'm promoting his business. No. <laughs> but like, he would make me do shit. Right. And I'm like, wait, what? I want to hang out with my friends. He's right. like, no, you're not. You're staying home, and you're going to fold 1,000 programs wow. for this cotillion right, party right. that's happening tomorrow. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just want to, you know. I want to go to the movies. I want to go to the mall. Right, and he's like, right. no, you're working your ass yeah, off. Yeah. And, and I hated it. Yeah. And I hated it. And yeah. my dad and I all, we, we've had, I mean, growing up, it was a contentious relationship. Like yeah. it, it, it was, it was rough. It was a rough childhood, but he did what he had to do. Right. And it wasn't right. until recent that I accepted that. And I was like, yeah. And now yeah. I don't have to do shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm in my living room talking to someone right now. Right. That's how I'm spending my time. Right, right, right. I could be doing a million right, other productive right. things. That's right. But this is what I'm doing right now. <laughs> because my, my voice is so important <laughs> that I have created my own yeah. avenue. <laughs> I I ordered something and someone brought me food. <laughs> they've they've garnished my my dining table. And it's like I didn't have to do anything, man. Yeah, yeah and it's like, my God, that appreciation is the difference, and this sounds weird, standing for the national anthem versus sitting down for it. Yeah. Oh, man. You know? Right? No, I get you. Because now I feel dedicated to something that I believe in. Yeah. And that was, that's, 
that's a beautiful real, realization for me. Right, right. You know, that's a, that's something that I never had because I thought that I was right the whole time. Right. And it's like, my God, I appreciate conviction yeah. and I appreciate commitment right. more than I ever have in my life. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that I think we all need. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't teach that. I don't teach. But, <laughs> yeah. but no, life teaches yeah. that, though. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? There's, you can't shortcut it. Right. Like, you, like we just talked about earlier, there's no efficient way to get to that. Yeah. I, at least that's what right now. That's what I think. It's like people just have to experience life before they appreciate it, mm-hmm. because otherwise you have no context to appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah, man. There's like there's no way around it. We're just gonna have angry people online because yeah. that's just the way it is. <laughs> but that's just the way it is, right? right. Yeah, dude, uh, fantastic. Yeah, we, we we circled back around. I think that's good. Yeah, that was like that's professional. <laughs> <laughs> Domain four, folks. <laughs> we good? Yeah. All good. right, yeah. yo, thank you so much for listening. Can can people follow you? Uh, anything you want to plug in? No. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not pushing anything right now. Okay. Um, probably the less people that follow me online, the better. <laughs> uh, so we're, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, man. You yeah. you're always a great person to talk to. Even, this is by far the longest and most entertaining. No, this was awesome. This was fantastic. Conversation yeah. I've ever had with you, yeah. and I'm so pleased that you you took the time to come out. So thank you very much, Daniel Law, um, computer science extraordinaire. Fantastic teacher on Lane Tech. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>